When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. My guest today on Stories Connect People podcast is JP. JP is going to absolutely blow you away with her story and the story of her four women crew who are embarking on an adventure of a lifetime. They will be rowing in an eco-friendly boat for roughly 40 days, 24 hours a day, and 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean. They have a dual mission. One, to inspire women, boy, what an inspiration they are. And two, to create awareness about protecting our ocean. In fact, their boat is the only eco-friendly boat in the fleet. And it's made of 10,000 recycled plastic bottles and manufactured under renewable wind energy. You wanna hear what else is fascinating? These four women, who are calling their team One Ocean Crew. Three of them have never rowed before. And they found each other online during the pandemic to form their team. And JP will tell you the whole story. They are bound and determined to be the first female crew to cross the finish line. This is one of the most inspiring stories I've brought to my listeners. So welcome JP to Stories Connect People podcast and I hope you will check it all out. Welcome, JP. Good morning, JP. How are you today? Welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. Thank you so very much for having me, Polly. I am doing great indeed. It's afternoon for me, actually. Um, I've had my full morning, but yeah, so far so good. Yeah, I was going to make that exact point of why I was saying good morning, because it's eight for me, but it's uh, middle of the day for you. So it's uh, so great to connect with you all the way in London. And we have such an exciting story to talk about today, and that's your story. And um, so I will let you do most of the explanation around that. But why I'm so fascinated by it is you and a crew, a crew of four, so three other women are going to row for 40 days across the Atlantic. And I mean, that is just like, it's very hard to comprehend, um, but it's so exciting. And um, you kind of have a couple of missions around that, one to inspire women and the other to um, create awareness about protecting our ocean. And so I want you to talk all about that. But why don't we start by sharing um, just a little about you and your background, and I'll have you introduce your full name, too, for our guests. 
Pitts, even though we will call you JP. Um, but talk a little bit about um, your background and maybe your earlier life. Thank you, Polly. Yes, yeah, so to explain it, JP stands for Janet Potgieter. And most English-speaking people call me Janet or Jeanette, which is not quite my name. It's Janet and then Potgieter. It's a very South African um, last name, which gives you a bit of more about me. I was born and raised in South Africa. I'm very fortunate to have been brought up by a very loving and caring mom and dad. I've got one older sister. Um, and just purely because I grew up in South Africa, I've had so many experiences and exposure to outdoor activities. Uh, my parents took every opportunity to to raise us in a way that, you know, we see the world, though that was just in South Africa at that point in time. But whether it was camping or road trips or going to the Kruger National Park or scuba diving off the East Coast, there was always an activity and there was always something to do, uh, which pretty much has set the basis for, for who I am today. Um, I've been living in London now for the last 10, 12 years. I keep on losing track of time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I live in London now and my day job is a corporate investigator. So about specializing in data and technology. So very much a laptop computer based job. And hence why I look for various ways, Polly, to get myself out of the city into nature and just doing challenges in general. <laughs> that is such an awesome background and a great backdrop for what we're going to dive into. And so talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done that are adventurous up until the point uh, now where you are going to row across the ocean. I just love your expressions when you say that. Yes. So um, where to start? I mean, you can look at the, the little things if you want to put it that way. So bungee jumping, bridge swinging, abseiling, anything and everything in the mountains that my parents would allow me to do at that point in time. Um, but then since I've moved into to the UK, into Europe, I've been summiting, climbing a few mountains. So for example, Everest Base Camp, Kilimanjaro, Mont Blanc. Um, and then I've done a few alpine climbing trips as well. I would say the, the, the thing that comes closest to rowing across the Atlantic is sailing across the Atlantic. Uh, so back in 2017, 2018, I took part in the Clipper race around the world um, where I sailed from Uruguay to South Africa, um, across to Australia and then around Australia as well. So a few things there, but um, nothing quite, <laughs> quite kind of reaches the, the 3000 row that we're about to do. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So 3000 miles. So like I said, you are, um, you have a, a dual mission around this one to inspire women and you are so inspiring. And I think that's going to come through, um, in so many, <clears throat> in so many ways, as we're talking about your story and the story of the crew. And the second is to raise awareness for ocean protection. And so maybe uh, talk about, the, you know, what the race is uh, and some background on the race. And then we'll, you know, I'm so interested in your why around this. Absolutely. So the race itself is the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Um, and it's a 3,000 mile road, like you said, starting at Lacamora in the Canary Islands. And you row across to Antigua. And like you said at the start, we are aiming for 40 days, but it can be anything a bit longer or anything a bit 
that shorter, just depending on weather conditions. But you basically rode two hours on, two hours off on rotation. Um, and the reason we say we want to inspire a woman, Polly, is a few people would ask me, well, hang on, you're just inspiring people, full stop. Why are you saying specifically woman? And the reality is, if you look at um, records to date, only 12% of ocean rowers are female. And I don't know whether it's because they don't know it's a thing, because I didn't about until two years ago, or whether they just think it is something that they couldn't do. But here's four of us, four women in our 30s, and we are going to do a row across the Atlantic. And we're hoping that our story will inspire women our age, younger and older, to see that they can actually do this as well. That is just amazing. So how did you hear about the race and how did you get, I guess, connected with the with the crew? Because you all didn't know each other to begin with, right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, this is like unbelievable. You're, you are training for the most intense thing that you've ever done. And these are with women that you didn't know. And so that is such an incredible part of the story, I think. Oh, absolutely. I, I think when you tell people you're rowing across the Atlantic, they look at you with a bit of, are you mad? And then when you tell them that you're doing with someone that you've never met before, you actually signed up to do this row, I think we we, we lose a few people. <laughs> it's just not a concept that they can quite comprehend and we have to come back to that topic. But where this started for me was during the Clipper race back in 2017, 2018, where it was an evening sail, perfect conditions. You could just sit back and, you know, the helm, do what they need to do. Um, and we had those conversations that you would have at midnight around what meal are you missing? Or if you could invite 10 people to have a dinner party, who would you invite and why? Um, or this specific evening, the conversation was around what's next. Because once you find yourself in a situation like sailing or rowing or climbing, there's always that question, what is next? And I remember vaguely talking about a few more mountains that I want to summit. And I remember specifically there was this gentleman called Alan, and he was just like, well, JP, you know you could just row across the Atlantic. And that is just where this whole thing came from for me. That's where it started. And which is the back of my head, like, you, this is actually something that could be done. Um, I didn't really then follow up or, or kind of, you know, really started looking into people to join us with, but I would speak to my sailing community and friends and be like, oh, would you be interested? Does this sound something that you would want to do? And most of them, Polly, would just look at me and be like, no, happy to support you from the side, but no, not not getting in a rowing boat to go across the Atlantic. Done that Are you on crazy? <laughs> exactly. Somewhat, yeah, exactly that. So that's that's kind of how it started for me. But then um, my fellow crew, Jen, Emily, and Erin, have very different stories in terms of this, how this started for them. But the One Ocean crew, as we are today, pretty much is Jane, our skipper's baby, and that it was her idea. She is the only rower in our group. I just wanted to say that. So before we signed up to do this Atlantic row, Jen is the only one that has rowing experience. And she wanted to challenge herself and she just wanted to find like-minded ladies that will join her. So she uh, she placed an ad on this adventurous app. And that is where Emily, who's the second member, picked up that, you know, Jane wants to do this. 
and she wants to row across the Atlantic. So the two of them join forces and then they, they continue to look for two others. Um, now, Emily did the clipper race, the race that I was talking about before as well. So she was on a different team to me. She was actually on the winning team. I'm very jealous of that. But um, <laughs> Go Emily. <laughs> go Emily. I know, right? Good to have her on our team. Um, so she put an ad actually on the Clipper alumni on Facebook and a, a mutual friend between me and Emily saw this, remembered that I was actually talking about this row a few times and he pinged me a link and said, hey, I know Emily, she's done the Clipper race, contact her. So through a mutual connection and this Clipper alumni, I reached out to Emily um, and then I had a chat with Emily and Jane on Zoom and that's how the three of us met. And the same ad was passed on to Erin. Now, Erin did not do the Clipper race, but she knows so many people in this ocean community that the, the, the dots were all connected. She called Emily and Jen. And I love it when Erin tells her story because she would be like, oh, pick me, pick me. And then after a few conversations, they picked her. So the four of us then became one ocean crew. But this is all in June, July 2020, all through Zoom, all online. So our story really is like a love story where we've met online, <laughs> not looking for it a romantic is. relationship, but looking for that adventurous, inspiring other people like you. So all four of us swiped right on the app of, of ocean rowing, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> that um, is such a great way to describe it. Yeah, and the, the best part is when... There was a, a few weeks here in the UK where we were actually allowed to go outdoors and meet other people through the, the lockdown restrictions. And we went down to the south coast. We got into kayaks. We went sea kayaking for the day. And it was amazing. It was just perfect weather for the day. It wasn't raining like it normally does in England. And it was just the banter, the conversation. It just flowed. It just worked. I even managed to capsize in the middle of... There was no wave really that I can blame for my capsizing on the day, but <laughs> I made this awkward squeal. I was flipped over. I lost my sunglasses. But all I remember is it was seconds and Erin was there with a big smile, got me back on the boat. Um, so it was just such a supportive group already. And then at the end of that day, we all came together and we had fish and chips in Weymouth on a beach. And Polly, it sounds very... It sounds very corny, but the reality is it just clicked. It just worked. We just looked at each other and we're like, we are going to do this. This is this is something that we are committing to and we are going to go for it. It's just so moving to hear you talk about it and talk about it with such passion. <laughs> so One Ocean Crew, is that is there a significance to that? Um, it, uh, is that just the name of your uh, your team or like how did that come about? Yeah, so One Ocean Crew is the name of our team. Um, so in, in the race, if you, if you hear One Ocean Crew, it's because of us, something that we've done, <laughs> hopefully positive. Um, and it's just based on the fact that all of our oceans are connected. Um, a lot of people say we've got various oceans, which we do, but they're all connected. Um, if you ever listen to one of our videos, we talk about how there's migration of wildlife and how the oceans say, sorry, the sailing boats go across it or rowing boats row across it. But all of our oceans are connected. And our campaign is very much around ocean protection. 
And we wanted to make sure that it's not just one part of the ocean, it's not just one section of the ocean, it is the entire ocean. Talk about the rowing boat. What is what is that like for 40 days-ish, give or take? What is what is that vessel like that you're going to uh, to be in? Polly, just just want to say that when you asked me that question, I got goosebumps. Like, because <laughs> this is this is the core of the of the excitement. It's uh, our rowing boat is eight meters long and one point seven meters wide, and on either side of the rowing boat is a small little cabin um, that will keep our our equipment and us dry to the point that you can keep dry on the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and that will also be used for sleeping. Um, there is no facility, so there's no shower and there's no toilet. We have a bucket or two. And then there are three seats for three rowers to row at the same time. But our current thinking is that we will just have two rowers on, two rowers off. So when you don't row for two hours, you have two hours in between to feed yourself clean yourself, dry yourself, and sleep. Because when your two hours is up, you have to back on that oar again, or the oars again, to row again for another session. So it's 24 hours? It is 24 hours for 40 days nonstop. It's through daytime, it's through nighttime, it's through rain, it's through storms. There's no there's no stopping. <laughs> and how, how many are expected how many boat uh, uh, rowing boats are expected to be part of this challenge so for our for our specific race there's 35 boats uh registered to take part and i have to say this polly if you think that our story is amazing um i would invite anyone to go on the website and look because some people actually take on this row solo so if you think that we are crazy um you actually have people that would do this alone and to put it in context, if this is unsupported, you have to start and you have to finish. And you have to do the entire row without any support. You can't take any food or any water from any external parties because you will be disqualified if you do. So you have solos, pairs, trios, fours, and arrows. We even have five gentlemen as well that's taking part in this race. But we are up against them all just so you can guess, get over the finish line first. And so what is your goal? Is it to uh, win the, the to win the race in your um, category or women or like, you know, obviously it's a feat to just do the race and that in itself is so impressive. But I know, I mean, just hearing you talk, you want to win. <laughs> I'm laughing because yes, you said a few times there, winning. Winning for us is, is a drive. We are doing this race to compete, Polly. We, we want to be the best that we can be. Um, our drive is to be the first female team across the finish line. But then as soon as you start getting into training and you get into this mental preparation and you see how you're progressing already, the, the question we ask ourselves is, you know, why can't we win full stop? So definitely charging towards being the first female team over that finish line, but why not just try and win it all together? Yeah, absolutely. So it takes so much preparation, I can imagine, um, and you've already started training. So talk about what that looks like that is required for you to do this race. 
That is such a, um, a big question. So there's so many elements. There's the physical training, there's the mental preparation, but then there's also the, um, the, the sea readiness. You, you have to do um, navigation courses, you have to do sea survival courses, first aid at sea, um, because we are gonna have, we are gonna be unsupported. If anything happens, we have to be able to contain the situation and, and just make sure that we and our boat are safe. So in addition to all these training courses, and I and whenever I think about the navigation, especially my dad will always laugh at me because I struggle from left to right. I always mix them up. Um, so luckily with navigation, you just have a <laughs> compass and you just have to go west. That's that's where you need to go. <laughs> Um, but the, the physical training, I would say at this point in time is the hardest because we are very much limited to what we can and can't do. But all four of us have a, a rowing machine in our living rooms um, and we spend hours on a rowing machine. It's just building up that stamina, building up the economy, you know, molding your body into what it feels like to row. Jane is the only one that's ever rode before. Myself, Erin, and Emily are basically learning from scratch. So it's the movement, the technology, the sorry, the technique, and just you know working through it and getting used to and comfortable moving backwards and forwards for hours and hours. Uh, to give you an idea, last weekend we did a twelve-hour row, so keeping that two hours on, two hours off routine. So we've done our twelve hours. Um, and then next weekend, we are going to take on a 24-hour row to, again, just get used to that feeling of rowing for two hours and then resting for two hours, which is, you know, recovering <laughs> in two hours because there's not a lot of resting, let's be honest, in two hours. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just getting used to it, building up strength because you, you really need a strong core, strong legs. But then mentally, Polly, that is, that is the bit that, is difficult because you're not really going to experience you're not going to have the, the the time or you're not going to have the opportunity to experience a lot of the things that you will experience out in the ocean on land you just can't really replicate that so it is finding that inner peace it is finding that inner happy place um being able to not focus on the negatives, not being focusing on the niggles because they come, your knees hurt, your back hurts, your hand hurts. And it's just trying to find methods and ways to, to deal with that. And by sitting on the, hour, on, the, on the rowing machine for hours, you'd be amazed how quickly you just find that inner peace. Um, early stages, Polly, I'll need a lot, I'll need a lot more of it. <laughs> But it's but we are starting to become ocean rowers. Or should I say, we're becoming rowers as soon as we get our boat in April and we can actually get on the water. We're becoming ocean rowers. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Is so when do you take that into the water? So we get our rowing boat Vikita in April, and then we will be able to take her out in the water and just get used to rowing on the actual water, which is very different to rowing on a on a rowing machine that's static on land. I think everyone is comfortable with the, the difference there. Um, and we have to build up a minimum of 120 hours rowing on water. Um, and that's in daytime and nighttime, just to make sure that we are ready to take on, on the Atlantic eventually. So do you, so will you do this, um, uh, continue your um, uh, on your rowing machine all the way up until you do the race in December. 
Absolutely. So what we will do is we will be doing strength training and we'll be doing conditioning on the rowing machine just to build up that, that foundation. And then almost every weekend, if not every weekend when we can, we will come together in Weymouth. And for those that are not familiar with England, where I am in London and where the boat is in Weymouth, that's about a three-hour train journey, if not three-hour car ride. So there's there's a distance to be covered between us and the boat. Unfortunately, I don't live close to the coastline. Um, but yeah, so every weekend that we can, we will go down so to the south coast and we will build up the hours to row. But then back when you're in London or where the other ladies are, you're back on that rowing machine. Well, okay. Yeah, it's it's quite relentless when you think about it. <laughs> um, so this is like a weird question. How do you prepare for being on the ocean? Because, you know, I'm not one that, that like on a big boat that I would get seasick or anything, but I can on a smaller boat, you know, if it's like really rocky waters or whatever. And so, I mean, you're going to, you're going to experience that, but how do you prepare yourself for that? I mean, does that question make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. It's a very good question, and it's a very difficult one to answer as well because it's very difficult to prepare yourself for for that. I would say myself and Emily, um, because we've done the clipper race before, we've been exposed to being on a boat on water. Erin um, also on kayak, sea kayaking. Jen is the only one out of the four of us that has not really been out in the ocean for for extended periods of time. But for that reason, we just have to make sure that physically and mentally we are as ready as we can be and that we know what our strengths are and whatever each other's weaknesses are so that we can deal with them and we can support each other. And then when you're on that boat, People are going to have downtimes. They are going to have seasickness. But it's how we deal with that situation and how we support each other that's going to make us successful. I mean, you can take seasickness tablets. You can take patches. You can cover an eye. There are so many tricks and so many traits to try and avoid seasickness. But it's one of those things if it hits you, it hits you. It's just Mm -hmm. push through, continue, continue, continue. And it will eventually just wear off. And then you can enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey to the point that it's possible. Well, I think that I mean, some of that that you talked about in the mental uh, preparation um, leads me into the next question that I have. And you know, I and I love that part of your mission is to inspire women. And um, you know, a lot of times, you know, women just kind of get in their head and think, you know, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this or you know I um you know I don't have the abilities that other people have and you know it's it's like something that people talk about a lot and so um and it's really about just being in your head and it being you know a negative space rather than a positive space and so how do you keep positive and keep each other positive and pumped up when you know, your conditions are going to be really, I mean, even preparing. I mean, I'm sure that such a part of this is, you know, we've got this, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to make this. And even, even the preparation has to be, you know, just so much to take on. And so, you know, what are some of the things that you think about to get in the right headspace? That is such a good question, Polly. I mean, I have to say, honestly, I I was very fortunate to be brought up in a manner that mom and dad 
always said, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you can't do it. If you put your time and effort and you you work towards it, you can do it. And they always, myself and my sister told us that failing is okay, but that means you're trying and you're pushing your boundaries and you're doing something new. And that is that is something that I've always, you know, taken and, and implemented in both my professional and my personal life. But regardless of that, you're so right. There's always this voice in your head saying like, mm, are you sure you can do this? Or mm, are you sure you're the person to do this? And I've just learned to say yes. Um, and in the sake of not swearing on your podcast, it's like, yes, do it. Because <laughs> if you're not going to try, how are you going to know? Um, a great example that I have is the, the trip that I talked about earlier when I was trying to, to summit Mont Blanc. I've done all the training. I was physically fit, physically strong. My lungs were good. My legs were strong. And I was climbing with a very good friend and guide called Mature. And we got very close to the summit. But it's that that steep bit, that very last bit where you have to dig deep and just, just do it. Um, and my mind went, now you're tired. Just stop. Just just take a quick breather. Just, just, a, just a five minute stop. Stop. And I remember stopping. And I took the line that I was connected to with my God and I just pulled it slightly so that he knows. Then he turned around and in his calm manner, he just looked me solid in the eyes. And he's like, you're strong enough. You're fit enough. Get out of your head. And that was it. We walked. We summited. We were, it was the most amazing scenery. And it's that, that inner confirmation that I have now for myself is like, I'm fit enough. I'm strong enough. I can do this. And it's just reminding myself of that. You just have to find something that you've done already. Everybody has something where they've pushed themselves. Doesn't matter how big or small. I'm not saying everyone should go and climb on Blanc, right? But whether it was climbing stairs and you got tired, you got to that next step. Just remind yourself what you told yourself and, and how you got to it and just do that again. And, and, and short, whenever you have that doubt, park it, stop it, tell yourself you can do it and just do it. That's such great advice. It, I mean, and it can apply to really everything in our life. And so when there's a hurdle or something that we want to do. Um, so I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Um, talk about some of the things that you're having to do. So you obviously are training, but um, there's also a lot of other aspects that are uh, that go into um, your um, into the challenge just around your financial campaign and the I guess the you know getting your story out there and so there's so many other things that you're having to do to get ready. Talk about some of those. Oh, there is so much. That's one thing that I underestimated. You you sign up to row across the Atlantic and you think that actual row is going to be the hardest. <laughs> it's not. It's actually the preparing to get to the start line that, that we are learning um, is, is quite challenging and difficult. Um, and I think with an added level of the pandemic that we're in as well, that financial pressure is just so much more intense because we are seeking sponsorship to take on this. This race is quite financially burdened and it's the boat, for example, and I need to talk about our eco boat. Um, but the boat itself, for example, is about £60,000. It's it's quite substantial because it has to keep us safe. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things around it, like the insurance, the transfer, the training, the clothing, 
there's a lot of a lot of pricey elements around this. So what we've been doing is we've set up a website, we're on social media, we are telling our story, um, and we're talking to sponsors, big and small, to see if they would invest in us. Because if you look at our, our ocean rowing boat, it's a billboard on the ocean, and there's going to be so many pictures, and there are so going to be so many media coverage around this entire race and having their brand or their logo on our boats and our oars will just show everyone that these companies, business or individuals are actually supporting us in our mission and helping us to tell our story. And to come back to the ocean boat, our, our eco, or to come back to our ocean rowing boat, is an actual eco rowing boat. She's the only eco rowing boat in the fleet. Um, basically what that means is she's made out of more than 10,000 recycled plastic bottles and using renewable energy. So that is just such a powerful story already when we say we are rowing across the Atlantic to raise awareness for ocean protection in an eco boat. So what we're basically saying is you can still do amazing things. You can still challenge yourself, but you can do it in a sustainable manner. I'm so glad you talked about that because it is, so that's fascinating and it does further just highlight, you know, what uh, such a significant part of the mission is. So how did you even, so if, if there are no other eco boats like this in the fleet, how would you even know that this is an option? So research, <laughs> um, there's so much that goes into this and, and you've asked that question and, and I think I'm not really sketching the bigger picture here, but it's a lot of research. It's a lot of questions. It's making sure that if you've got two products to really look at which one is more sustainable, which one is really having a positive impact on their clients and, and the bigger picture. And Rannick is the, 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 the company that's made um, most of the ocean marine boats that will be in the fleet, not all, but most. And we got wind of this eco ocean marine boat and she has just completed her first crossing with the 2020 race. And as soon as we learned about her, we reached out to that crew and we were like, we want to buy the Kita off of you. We want this boat to be part of our success story. And the negotiation started and they've just completed their row in her. Um, and that's why she's now being shipped back to England. And that is when we will we will, we will take ownership of Vikita and we can start our story with our boat. And I can imagine that you're going to get so much just publicity about that aspect. Like you're going to be this the standout rowing boat um, just because of, uh, you know, the, that it being uh, eco-friendly. And so I, I'm hoping that that gets you, you and your crew a lot of press. That's exciting. Yes, Polly, that's exactly what we're hoping for as well. And it's, I'll put it this way. As an individual, I, I recycle and I, I think I do the right thing at the right time. And then I met Emily and Jen and Erin and they just took it a next step you know they they do so much more and then I have to pick up my game and then this whole eco ocean rowing boat and our entire campaign it just proved it just showed me that there's so much more that everyone can do just to be eco-friendly and be more sustainable and it is such a powerful story it, it just it just reminds me that you know there's much more that I could do to to be saying that I actually am doing the right thing <laughs> 
Well, what support do you need from folks to uh, support your mission? So we we are still looking for sponsorship in, in various different um, shapes and sizes. Um, we are running a crowdfunder right now. We are actually four weeks into a six-week campaign um, where we set ourselves a all-or-nothing target of £50,000. And we are asking for individuals, companies, big or small, to, to go to our crowdfunder page to... There's a four-minute video that just gives you a bit of a flavor of who we are and what our campaign is about. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes, listeners. So um, absolutely, you'll have to pick that up. Thank you, Polly. It's a listen to our story. And if it's something that interests you or inspires you, there are a few rewards that people can pick. And it's around getting company logos or brands on our boat or oars, like I've said before. Um, Big or small, there's various packages. Um, or there's, for example, unfortunately, it's more for UK-based people. You can come have for some chips with us on the boat or you can just kind of like hear us talk and meet us. I think a lot of people here are very keen to get to know us pre and post the race. We will have a video at the end. We'll make a film, sorry, at the end of our race about how we started our journey and the end. And we will have a, a, a premiere to that. We can send you a postcard from Antigua to anywhere. I think that is something that can, you know, our hands are going to be so sore and blistered, but we have promised and vowed to write every single person that supports us and pledges a postcard to write them an actual postcard from Antigua and send that to them regardless of where they are before we leave Antigua. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just people sponsoring us in a financial way to to help us get to that finish line um, and really just tell our story. Um, but then the, the, the reward, if you want to put it that way, that's closest to our hearts is our heart reward. And it's, if you listen to that video, I'll try not to recite that, but the reality is we're asking people to put their heart in our boat and, and we vow to row their hearts across the Atlantic with us. And that like I said, it will it will get hard. It's not a question of if, it's when. Because we all have ups and downs, right? And there's four of us in a very small boat for an extended period of time, not having a lot of sleep and privacy. But it's when you have that off moment or when you have that down moment or when there's a challenge. We will have everybody's names and messages just all over our boat. And it will just be that reminder of who's already supporting us and who's put their trust in us. And that is just a way that we can actually help ourselves elevate. And it's that positive message that you talked about. That's not just in your head, it's actually right there, visual on the boat, you can see it. So we cannot wait to cover our entire boat in just ocean hearts um, and just to kind of celebrate everyone else that's been supporting us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see pictures and follow along and everything uh, in that journey. That's uh, that's going to be awesome. So, um, so um, what would you say to women uh, or or anyone, but women um, maybe in particular that are following your journey? And um, I don't know. Do you have a message for us? You know what? First of all, a massive thank you. It's It comes from my heart. I saw you getting eye and then I got eye. <laughs> I know you're talking about the hearts and anybody that listens to my podcast probably are like, oh, I bet Polly's getting teary there because that's exactly 
Oh, why is this so this is so emotional? This this really is emotional stuff. The message I would say to women, anyone, but especially women that follow us, is thank you. Um, up until now, the support, the messages, just the following that we have is so humbling. It is such a it's a it's a good wake-up call, especially in the times that we're in, that people are generous, people are supportive especially women, when we stand together and we work together, we achieve amazing things together. Um, so thank you is what we want to say, or I want to say in the first instance. And then again, going back what we said, it's just if you see it, if you dream it, if you want to do it, try, do it. You've got nothing to lose. People are scared of failing and there's nothing to be afraid of. If you fail, you learn. You'll step up, you, you get up, and you can try again. And hey, if it doesn't work, try something different, right? But you will get to know yourself in these situations so much better. And, and I know just knowing the, the ladies, Jen, Emily, and Erin, for not even a year yet, the three of them have already made me such a better person and such a stronger person than I was. And like I said, we've been talking on Zoom all these times. We've only seen each other once, twice or three times. So imagine what it's going to be like after spending 40 days out on the ocean. I personally cannot wait for that moment. And I can't wait to follow it. So tell our listeners if they want to connect with you, um, check out your website, contribute to your uh, campaign, or you know, just follow along on your journey over the next uh, few months and, and certainly during the race. How can they do that? Oh, so if you Google One Ocean Crew, you will you will get our Twitter account. You'll see us on Facebook. You'll see us on Instagram. You'll see us on LinkedIn. Um, we have pages and we have accounts and we do post quite regularly with updates and success stories. Um, and you'll get to know us individually and as a group. Um, our website, One Ocean Crew, you will find us. There's so much more information about us again, the journey. And then more importantly, also something I haven't spoken about is our chosen charity, Sea Ranger Service, um, that you will see that all race proceeds, all race proceeds will go to the Sea Ranger Service. And it's a charity that we've picked because they they do they do a lot of work around ocean protection. They do a lot around um, making sure that our oceans are protected. But then they also have a social element where they take youth and they upskill them in marine life and and upskill them to actually have a career in marine life. In this process of upskilling the youth um, in a marine life. It, it just it just puts more emphasis on and focus on ocean protection. So it's not just a charity; it's so much more. So we're very we're very happy to have kind of like combined our efforts with Sea Ranger Service. But go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on all the the various media platforms. Um, there is so much information out there, and we just cannot wait to share it with you all. So Stories Connect People podcast, JP is all about people who are interesting and inspiring and uplifting and doing great things to make the world a better place. And I mean, what a story that so well aligns with the mission of my podcast. And so I want to thank you so much for being a guest today. And I have one final question. 
Will you be a guest again after you do your row and tell us all about it? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, Polly, I would say that the, the, the part that I enjoy the most, and, and I am a bit selfish here, is feeding off of the energy that I receive from people. And you, Polly, are amazing. Oh. The, how you receive this and how you interact, that is what I enjoy. That is the inspiring bit that we get back. So thank you to you for having me. And absolutely, yes, I will promise that I will not use curse words on your show. Um, I will have to practice that maybe a bit better after the actual crossing. But no, absolutely, I would love to come back and just tell you, you know, the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows um, and hopefully about all the wildlife that we would have seen along the way as well. So, yes, please. I would love to be back. And I hope we're going to be celebrating a big win for you as well. Thank you, JP, for being a guest today on Stories Connect People podcast. Thank you very much for your time, Polly. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.